Are you ready for the quantum age? Humanity's next step in evolution? Dream Vision 7 Radio Network invites you to the extraordinary platform of evolutionary voices for the quantum age. Let's explore. Learn more about this upcoming age where we bridge science with spirituality. Where potentiality meets reality. Where we take compassion into action. Our trailblazers and visionaries will ask the whys, the what ifs, while igniting continuous possibility. Come along with us into an age beyond what we know today, where we can grow together in unity consciousness. Experience evolutionary voices for the quantum age, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern on DreamVision7Radio.com. Welcome to Awakening to True Happiness with modern-day mystic David Hoffmeister, offering you the how-to to spiritual awakening by addressing on a practical level answers to your deepest questions. David Hoffmeister is a world-renowned teacher of A Course in Miracles and has been traveling the world for the past quarter of a century, offering his wisdom to audiences wherever invited. On this show, you'll hear recordings of David's best live talks, inviting you into an experience of deep wisdom and true clarity. To learn more about David, visit his website at davidhoffmeister.com. Awakening to True Happiness with David Hoffmeister is part of Evolutionary Voices for the Quantum Age, heard Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the movie. We've got another great movie for you today to help remind you of, of the truth within and to go deeper. And uh, today's movie is going to be from the year 2014. I remember in 2014, all these great movies came out in that year, and it kind of flooded our Movie Watcher's Guide to Enlightenment with so many movies. Some of you have heard of like Days of Future Past, and there was just so many, and today's movie is one of our classic movies from the year 2014, and the, the name of the movie is The Lego Movie. So most of the movie is in animation until, until the end. But this movie is especially good for taking us way, way, way back into the mind. Because when we seem to come to planet Earth and we forget that we're the living Christ, that we're the, 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 the Son of God, that we're a perfect creation of a perfect eternal God, and we have this deep amnesia, and then we seem to get distracted by these images. The ego is the image maker. The ego is the belief in separation from God. It's the belief in death. So the ego is, in a sense, the idolater. It's the, it's the one that's making up all these idols that we call images here including the body. So actually the person that we have believed ourselves to be is part of an idol image that was a made to be a mask to cover over and to replace and take the, take the place of our Christ self, our, our eternal being, 
that we truly are. And as soon as we get distracted with the game of linear time and the game of these bodies and these personality selves and becoming a person and becoming a good person and becoming a, an educated person, becoming an accomplished person, becoming a well-liked person, uh, having, having associations of these bodies called families or friends or co-workers, or communities, or, or countries, all of these associations were made to take the place of the truth. So, in one sense, that this movie we're going to watch today is going to have a, a lot of Lego characters. And um, many, I would say, many of the Lego characters in this movie are are we, what we could call superheroes. We have projected out a world where we actually are looking for certain characters, which are really just shadow figures, we are looking to certain ones to become our saviors. And this was the big problem with Christianity, is even though Jesus lived 2,000 years ago, to, to hold on to a, a man, even, that lived 2,000 years ago, as being your personal Lord and Savior, as if you're a person and now you need another person to save you from personhood. <laughs> and, you know, that's like saying you're going into prison to find freedom. <laughs> you know, if you're, looking, if you're looking to the persons to deliver you into heaven, then it's going to be a rough road because the, even the body of Jesus, Jesus tells us in his course, he says, forgive me your illusions. In other words, he's saying, please accept our spiritual reality of divine oneness as real and true. And actually you can start to let go of all the bodies. Why? Because God didn't create the body. God doesn't know of bodies. And even in this projected world or this seeming script of linear time, Jesus tells us in the Course that all of these images that were projected from the ego are all effects of an unreal cause. So the ego is the unreal cause in the mind and the images of the world are the unreal effects of an unreal cause. Who is the real cause? God. What is the real effect? Christ, an idea in the mind of God. Purely spiritual. So cause and effect is only relevant in heaven. That's the only relevance of cause, God the creator and effect, Christ the creation. And, and then Christ has creations, but they're also purely spirit. So everything in the spiritual realm is light, extending light, extending light. Love, extending love, extending love. Eternity, extending, extending, extending. There is no beginning to creation, there is no end. Sometimes the word creation is associated with the word beginning, but actually creation is eternal. And eternity doesn't have a beginning or an ending. So, as we start to go into this movie today, I, I thought, the way to really experience the depth of what this movie can show us is, I thought I would start off 
by reading a section from A Course in Miracles that actually pertains to what we're going to watch today because it gives us a, a bigger context. And it's the very famous section in A Course in Miracles called The Hero of the Dream. So I was really getting my guidance to go through this section with you before we start the movie because this is a movie that has many hero characters in it. To name a few, <laughs> uh, Batman, uh, we have Superman, Wonder Woman, Abraham Lincoln, Metal Beard, <laughs> Unit Kitty, and Shakespeare. That's probably the only time you ever hear those words in the same sense <laughs> in your entire lifetime or any lifetime. You have Abraham Lincoln and Unikitty and Metal Beard. But the reason we're watching this movie, the reason I like this movie is it's a funny movie. It's a fast-moving movie. It's a witty movie. I mean, it's, it's got humor. It's, it's just what we need to wake up from this world. We need something that's funny, witty, humorous, and fast-moving where we can start to laugh at the roles that we've taken on. You know, imagine you're an eternal being and then you come and you, you take on a body and then you throw another label on it as like male or female and then you start to throw all kinds of dualistic concepts onto it like short and tall and fat and skinny, beautiful and ugly. You just start, intelligent, unintelligent, you just start heaping as many dualistic concepts as you can onto this crazy thing called a body that God didn't create. So it's like it turns into a pretty deep hallucination because you take the powerful mind that you are and you start to shrink it down into this little tiny slab of flesh identity and then you put a bunch of other attributes on it and it gets very complex and you wonder why the ego is complex. You also may, may see that that's why relationships seem to be so difficult in this world is because there's so much concepts projected where nothing is. It's like Shakespeare called it much ado about nothing, but if you take huge amounts of, of beliefs and concepts and projections and then you start to get upset, you know, we really then have to turn to Jesus and the Holy Spirit and say, Oh, please pull me back. Please bring me back into the light. Take me home. Take me toward the light. I cannot be happy in being so identified with all these projections and all these images. So here's Jesus is going to give us a context for our movie today. In a movie of heroes, this is the section in the course called The Hero of the Dream. The body is the central figure in the dreaming of the world. There is no dream without it, nor does it exist without the dream in which it acts as if it were a person to be seen and be believed. Imagine being in your house and having a conversation with, with a dear friend or a spouse or something and, and saying, well, you don't take my behavior too seriously because it's just... That my body's just acting as if it were a person to be seen and be believed. You see how Jesus is pointing out that this is fiction. This is fiction. 
we're not dealing with real life when we're dealing with time and space. We're dealing with fiction. And once we start putting our investment in the fiction, it gets very complex. It feels very conflictual. And there's a lot of fear and guilt, pain, shame that comes in when we invest in it. It takes the central place in every dream, which tells the story of how it was made by other bodies, born into the world outside the body, lives a little while and dies to be united in the dust with other bodies dying like itself. You see how Jesus is so impersonal here. He's taking the human race and he's like, ha ha. to be united in the dust with other bodies dying like itself. He's poking fun at, at, at funeral homes and, and cemeteries here. It's, in, in the brief time allotted it to live, it seeks for other bodies as its friends and enemies. Its safety is its main concern. Its comfort is its guiding rule. It tries to look for pleasure and avoid the things that would be hurtful Above all, it tries to teach itself its pains and joys are different and can be told apart. You can see from that first paragraph that, that the central lesson in the mind is it's trying to teach itself that there are real differences among all these images that, it, that the ego has made. And then Jesus is telling us, no, make this year different by making it all the same. The only significant, helpful difference that Jesus uses in A Course in Miracles, and this is the only distinction that he makes of what temporarily is different, is the right mind of the Holy Spirit in Jesus and the wrong mind of the ego. He's teaching us, yes, you must learn the right mind and the wrong mind are not the same. The difference is in the belief system that we hold on to. They're both decisions, but we have to learn that they're, they're actually different. They're different purposes. One is made in hate, hatred, the wrong mind, and the right mind is, is love and forgiveness. So what we've, when we've been mesmerized by the ego, we actually believe that the, there are actual differences. If somebody came to you and said, um, are, are there any differences between men and women? If somebody honestly asks you, are there any real differences between men and women? Correct answer, survey says, no. Jesus is teaching us that men and women are both images and they're equally unreal. They're equally illusory and you can't have differences between illusions because the word illusion means not real. You can't have good not real and bad not real. You can't have sexy not real and unsexy <laughs> not real. You can't have beautiful unreal and ugly unreal. You can't have intelligent unreal and stupid unreal. <laughs> because unreal is unreal. There's no hierarchy of illusions. That's why the first principle of A Course in Miracles out of the 50 principles is there's no order of difficulty in miracles. So. What Jesus is teaching us through this movie and through his beautiful teachings is wherever you think you perceive differences, you are mistaken. 
It doesn't matter the degree or the direction of the differences. It doesn't matter the type of the differences. What Jesus is teaching us is the ego made up the differences, but the ego is a death wish and the ego isn't real. So if you make differences real in your awareness, you are asleep and dreaming of something that God knows not about. It's a perceptual hell of perceiving differences. So he goes on by saying, the dreaming of the world takes many forms because the body seeks in many ways to prove it is autonomous and real. It puts things on itself that it has bought with little metal disc or paper strips the world proclaims as valuable and real. It works to get them doing senseless things and tosses them away for senseless things it does not need and does not even want. It hires other bodies that they may protect it and collect more senseless things that it can call its own. It looks about for special bodies that can share its dream. Sometimes it dreams it is a conqueror of bodies weaker than itself, but in some phases of the dream it is the slave of bodies that would hurt it, would hurt and torture it. The body's serial adventures from the time of birth to dying are the theme of every dream the world has ever had. The hero of this dream will never change, nor will its purpose. So the hero will never change. The, the hero of the dream is the body, and the body seems to change with age, but nope, illusions can't change with age because age is an illusion too. Time is an illusion. It's just one illusion. And whatever meaning you give to the illusion, if you make distinctions and you break it up into pieces and parts, then that's what fragmented perception is. You know, to call a man a man, a woman a woman, call a chair a chair, a table a table, a house a house, a mountain a mountain. This is separation. These are different names that were given to different ego pieces and parts and given reality by the naming of them. And Jesus says, that's ridiculous. You can't make something real by naming it. There's even a, a workbook lesson in the course, I believe it's uh, lesson Lessons 183 and 184, which is talking about the name of God. And basically, Jesus is saying in those lessons, you can safely put this one name, God, in place of all of the many little names that you've made up. In other words, if you want to have a mantra that works, it's just God. <laughs> That's it. It's a short mantra. You don't even need sentences in your mantra. You just go for God. That's it. that's it. And in our mind, that's what the mind training of A Course in Miracles is doing. It's saying, you need to remember God and you need to put God first because God is not above all others. God is all that there is. The kingdom of heaven is the only thing that can be truly known. And nothing else can be known. So he says... Um, Though the dream itself takes many forms and seems to show a great variety of places and events wherein its hero finds itself, the dream has but one purpose taught in many ways. 
the single lesson it tries to teach again and still again and yet once more that it, the world, is cause and not effect and you are its effect and cannot be its cause. I mean the most basic example of that when someone says, where were you born? If the answer has anything to do with mom and dad and time and space, it is an erroneous answer. The actual correct answer survey says, bing, heaven. Where were you born? Heaven. <laughs> That's right, there were no bodies involved in that birth. That's an eternal birth. That's the creation of Christ. That's an eternal creation and yet, the one lesson that the ego is trying to teach with this whole projection is that the world caused you and that your mind is not the cause of the world. In other words, believing in the ego is where the false cause gets given meaning and then the projection is given meaning that comes from the ego. But the whole point of A Course in Miracles is to take causation back to your mind. You know. Instead of saying, I didn't get enough sleep, you could say, I, I chose to believe in sleep and then I chose to put another overlay on top of that which was called enough sleep. But, but the mind invented the sleep and it invented the enough, I didn't get enough sleep. And then another overlay could be, I had too much sleep. Why are you groggy? I slept too late. Jesus is saying, no, that's false cause and effect. Only reason you're groggy is because you believe that you want to be groggy. You have to believe it. You're, you've prayed for the grogginess. <laughs> it, it didn't come from anything in the world. It, it comes from a misidentification of your, of your identity. Just like with fear and shame and everything else. Everything comes from the mind. Only the mind is causative. Thus you are not the dreamer but the dream. Now he's going to speak sarcastically. And so you wander idly in and out of places and events that it, the world, contrives. That this is all the body does is true, for it is but a figure in a dream. But who reacts to figures in a dream unless he sees them as if they were real? The instant he sees them as they are, they have no more effects on him because he understands he gave them their effects by causing them and making them seem real. So this reminds me of lesson 152 in the workbook, The Power of Decision is My Own. If you start to get upset with coworkers, if you get upset with your housemates or your partners, if you're upset with your cat or dog or hamster or snake, whatever you've got, if you get upset with your bank account, if you get upset with your neighbors, if you get upset with anything you see on TV or the internet. Uh, people have been telling, I've been reading all these articles lately where people are just upset at Taylor Swift because she attends football games. There's, there's Taylor Swift rage going on now and I'm like, why is everyone upset at Taylor Swift? Oh, she attends football games. Okay, all right, 
This is an insane world. I, I don't get that. But, but all over the headlines, oh, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. You know, it's like, but that's, that shows you that if you invent a body and then you invent a body that sings and an event that's a body that seems to be popular. These are all overlays. Popular, superstar singer. And then, oh, now she's got a boyfriend in the national football. Oh, my God, Taylor's going to the Super Bowl and people are raging. Taylor Swift is going to be at the Super Bowl. Okay. It's just layers upon layers upon layers of illusions. False evidence appearing real. Conclusions. It's just judgments. And none of it means anything. That's the glory of, of spiritual awakening is you start to realize the reality of spirit and the nothingness of the world and the body. And that's what this movie will help us with today. And here Jesus gives us an invitation. How willing are you to escape effects of all the dreams the world has ever had? Is it your wish to let no dream appear to be the cause of what it is you do? Then let us merely look upon the dream's beginning, for the part you see is but the second part, whose cause lies in the first. No one asleep and dreaming in the world remembers his attack upon himself, the belief in separation. No one believes there really was a time when he knew nothing of a body and could never have conceived this world is real. He would have seen at once that these ideas are one illusion, too ridiculous for anything but to be laughed away. How serious they now appear to be. And no one can remember when they would have been met with laughter and with disbelief. We can remember this if we but look directly at their cause and we will see the grounds for laughter, not a cause for fear. I mean, this applies to all this commotion going on now with Taylor Swift uh, maybe flying from wherever Japan to come to the Super Bowl to see her boyfriend play football. That's ridiculous to get upset with. Most of us can start to see, and what Jesus is saying is, you have to see that everything that you perceive is ridiculous. Everything, without exception, that you perceive as fragmented and separate. You have to say, like, look at, at an apple and just laugh at how ridiculous the idea. Don't worry about the story of Adam and Eve, and Eve got a lot of blame for, for that apple. But the apple itself is ridiculous. God didn't create no little green apple. There's a song. You, God doesn't know of apples and oranges and bananas. God doesn't know about men or women or children. God doesn't know about sporting events. And God doesn't know about, God doesn't know what entertainment means. Nothing of this world has any meaning because it's fiction. It's fantasy. It's a fantasy world. Let us return the dream he gave away unto the dreamer who perceives the dream as separate from himself and done to him. Into eternity, where all is one, there crept a tiny mad idea at which the Son of God remembered not to laugh. In his forgetting did the thought become a serious idea and possible of both accomplishment and real effects. 
Together we can laugh at them both away and understand that time cannot intrude upon eternity. It is a joke. Whenever Jesus uses the word joke, we have to pay attention. It is a joke to think that time can come to circumvent eternity, which means there is no time. So he's saying eternity means there is no time, and now we're thinking it's, that time can come to circumvent, to, to circle in, to rope in eternity. So you can see from from what we're talking about here is that basically it's not that the problems are occurring in the world. The problem, and this is the only problem, the problem of death is the filter of death. The problem of sickness is the filter of sickness. The problem of separation is the filter in the mind of separation. It's the mind perceiving the fragmented world that is sick. That mind is asleep. That mind believes in death. That mind has forgotten eternity. It's, it's the filter in the mind is what the problem is. So it's not about being too, too fat or too skinny, too big or too small. It's not about having money or having no money. It's the filter in the mind that is the problem. And it's already been corrected. That's the good news. The filter has already been removed. And now we have to allow ourselves to merge and unify with that correction. That's why Jesus says in the text, never correct a brother, because if you are perceiving a brother as something outside of your mind, that's the problem. That's what the filter is showing. But it's not that you need to say, oh, sit down, I'll give you some good advice. Jesus never wants us to find fault and blame because that's why he says the Holy Spirit is the, is the great corrector. All correction occurs in the mind with the Holy Spirit and that's simply the lifting of the filter. It has nothing to do with the change in behavior. We don't need to look at a fragmented world where we see heroes and saints and tyrants and criminals because if God didn't create the heroes or the saints or the criminals or the tyrants, why would we make distinctions? And why would we try to praise some idol images and put down other idol images? If all the images were made to take the place of God, why would we start dividing them up? You know, and, and oftentimes people will say, well, that's really deep, but can, can I have a stepping stone? Is there anything that's more practical? And I say, well, your mind is vibrating at a certain frequency, and you draw forth witnesses in the world based on that frequency. So if you just let the Holy Spirit take you higher and higher in consciousness, we'll just say raising your vibration, your frequency in your mind, in your heart, then you will simply perceive the entire world from that higher frequency. You see how it works? It's not about trying to be around special people. There are no special people. In, the, in this movie, the main character, his name is Emmett. He's a Lego character, a little yellow... Lego character, and 
he is called pretty quickly into the movie, he's called The Special. That's his nickname, The Special. But, but what Emmett needs to learn is that the, when Jesus says in the Course, all my brothers are special, he's, he's lifting the negative connotation around the word, the pejorative connotation, and he's saying, the only thing that's difficult is if you compare, if you believe there are degrees of specialness that's the problem. If you're special, Jesus says, that's all right, you're special. So is everyone. Everyone is equally special. You see how that's perfect equality. He's saying, if you want to think of yourself as special, that's great, but just make sure you include everything and everyone in that specialness, because that's, again, leading us to oneness. It's leading us to we're all the same one. We're all the same one. We've always been the same one. We've never been different. We've, that's just been a trick to try to fool us. And he just said in, in that section, you know, that in the Hero of the Dream section, he says that this body is going to look for other special bodies. The problem is, is the, the filter in the mind that has the preferences. That's what determines the search for special bodies. And that is a wild goose chase. If you're searching for special bodies, you know, it's going to be a very disillusioning search because Jesus is trying to teach us, hey, listen, if you're special, they're all special. Why do you need to search for them? <laughs> they're, they're all around you because they're all just reflections of your mind. So they're all special. You know, I, I used to grow up, I used to hear these Christian songs growing up. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. It's beautiful. And he's saying, just feel the inclusive nature of love. Love is inclusive. And, and to the ego, love is exclusive. The ego makes hierarchies of relationships. Besties, best friends, close friends, good friends. You know, it tries to make a hierarchy of friendship. It makes a hierarchy of relationship, as if some relationships are supposed to be more important than others. A marriage is seen as more important than uh, someone you bump into in an elevator. Jesus is like... He actually uses that example in, in his uh, manual for teachers, you know, someone who, who bumps into somebody else and he says, salvation has come. He's teaching us there are no casual encounters. Everything, everyone you see is part of the kingdom of heaven because it's all unified in perception. And that leads to, to abstract light. And he's saying every encounter is a holy encounter. Even if you just think of somebody, you're interacting with them. He tells us at one point that he said, through the ego, every time you think of somebody in an egoic way, with some kind of judgment, even that they're just a body, not, not anything more than that, then you are teaching yourself that you're a body. Every thought that you hold teaches the whole universe. If you think they're a body, then you think you're a body. 
If you think they're whatever, fill in the blank with a characteristic, that's what you think and believe and hold in your mind. And Jesus is just saying, let it go. You have no idea how you limit the Son of God. You limit your, your knowing who you are as the Son of God by judging, even in the tiniest, slightest way. If you wake up in the morning and you step outside your door and you go, oh, it's going to be a hot day, that's a judgment. That's a judgment. <laughs> or, oh, it's cold. That's a judgment. Any thought that the mind holds on to that God didn't create is a judgment. And in the end, that's why Jesus says, empty your mind. And Buddha and all the saints and mystics have said the same thing, all the avatars. Empty your mind of everything you think you think and think you know. So the question for us right now is, okay, how do, we, how do we approach this in a practical way? And that's through guidance. And we'll see in the movie today that, that Emmett is just part of the routine workaday world. You know, he's trying to be content with his little Lego life. And he's trying to be content with his Lego apartment, his Lego construction job. He's trying to be content with uh, going to... Uh, to a coffee shop, to buy a cup of coffee. He's trying to be content with play by the rules, follow the rules, and just do what you're supposed to do as a, as a person. And all of us can say, we have found that dissatisfying. All of us have, have a little bit of rebel inside that goes, for once, just for once, I would like to have a day where I don't have to follow all the rules. But, but the ego made the rules to keep the mind limited in its awareness of itself. And that's why we have to, in the end, question the belief and question the source of the rules. If we ask Jesus, what do you think about uh, laws? He would just say, and he says this in the Course, there's only one law, and that is the law of love. Isn't that lovely that that's the only law? <laughs> if you want to obey the law, <laughs> just obey the love. <laughs> only the love, baby. That's what Jesus is saying all the time. You know, it's like, don't get caught up in those roles. Don't get caught up in that productivity stuff. Don't get caught up in, in survival of the body. Only the love, baby. Remember the love. Don't forget the love. Don't forget to be playful. Don't forget to be joyful. Don't forget to laugh. Don't forget to be happy. He's just cheering us on. Don't forget to be happy, you know. Don't take anything too serious in this world because this world was never meant for one as beautiful as you, you, the spirit, you, the spirit that's everlasting. That's the most glorious thing. So sit back and enjoy a very fast-paced, entertaining movie of heroes who have to learn to collaborate and not be superheroes anymore, but learn to be super humble instead of superhero. <laughs> okay, here we go. So, you can see the projected world. And the main thing with the projected world, you may have noticed, is conform. 
There's even a line in the movie The Matrix, which is spoken by actually by Agent Smith, but Agent Smith says, people believe the world with which they are presented. People believe the world by which, which they are pre presented. And so what this is, is basically saying that if you believe in the ego, then you believe in the ego's laws. What are some of the ego's laws? Death, scarcity, reciprocity, um, specialness, uh, comparison, competition. We know this is what the ego is. We, we have been told what it is. But what Jesus is telling us is that whatever you believe, you will perceive. So if you're upset with somebody for any reason, it doesn't matter the degree of the upset or the direction of the upset, it doesn't even matter the, the, the upset. You could be jealous, envious, angry, you can feel shameful, you can feel any egoic emotion, and it's all arising from the ego belief system. God has nothing to do with any of those emotions. But people, or we'll say it more accurately than the matrix, the mind believes with the world with which it's pre presented. The mind believes it. So the key is going to be to stop believing in the world. And what does it actually mean to stop believing in the world? Well, let's just say that um, if any of you have come to Workbook Lesson 50 in A Course in Miracles, you know, the lesson is, I am sustained by the love of God. And in that lesson, Jesus says, you believe you are sustained by everything but the love of God. Pills, money, protective clothing, psychological, being liked, knowing the right people. The, the ego has made up a bunch of unreal laws and unreal rules. And in the end, Forgiveness is giving your mind permission to let go of the ego and its rules. What does that mean in a practical way? Just be guided. Be 100% intuitive. Live from the inside out. Don't, don't react and respond to the images or to the rules of the world. Jesus is not encouraging us to break the rules of the world. He is encouraging us to see that they're not real. None of the boxes are real. None of them. You know, what does that mean in a practical way? Well, in heaven, is there such a thing as gravity? No. Are, are there black holes? No. Not in heaven. Stars? No. Planets? No. <laughs> uh, laws of thermodynamics? No. <laughs> laws of chemistry? No. Laws of good relationships? No. Laws of compatibility, no. Heaven is pure love and oneness, and all of the laws by which the mind is believing in and then it's seeing it acted out in the characters are all make-believe laws. They're all fantasy laws. They're all laws of fiction. All the laws of this world. You know, even if we have, take a Let's take something like the golden rule from the Bible. Does anybody know what the golden rule is? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Jesus actually gives us 
a, a take on the golden rule in A Course in Miracles. If you really, he can give you a take on everything. He says the only way that the golden rule holds is true is if your perceptions and if everyone's perceptions, yours and the others, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, if their perceptions are accurate, then the golden rule holds. But if the perceptions are not accurate, you can throw the golden rule out. You can't even make any sense. Even the golden rule in the Bible, because as long as there's distorted perceptions, nothing seems to hold universally. Now, Jesus said, love one another as, you, as I have loved you. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and might. He's basically telling us, when you know the love of God, I am one self, united with my creator. I am spirit. I and the Father are one. We are one spirit, one mind. When you come into that, then you actually are capable of knowing the law of love. But as long as you believe in the ego, which is a death wish, you will believe in lack. You will believe in scarcity. You will believe in competition, comparison, jealousy, envy, all the other egoic emotions come with it. And he's just teaching us, this is in your filter in the mind. You're looking through a darkened glass, like he talked about in Corinthians, in the Bible. That's the ego's filter. You're looking through a darkened glass, you're not seeing clearly. You can't see in love and light when you have a dark filter in your mind, called ego. So that's why the mind training of A Course in Miracles is so important, because we have to clear the mirror. If we're just seeing reflections of our of belief systems that are that are based in fear and, and lack, then we're going to perceive a distorted world and we won't see clearly. Even if our eyes are open, even if our ears are functioning and our five senses are working, Jesus is saying, no, don't even worry about your five senses. They can't take you to the kingdom of heaven. You're going to have to go deep into prayer in your mind, deep, 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 deep down into prayer to, to find and remember God and, and remember yourself as the Christ. So we can see with Emmett, he's trying to make the best of it. He's watching the comedy shows and he's laughing until he falls on the floor and he says, I don't care. He's, he's listening to the president, president talk about the things of, of, the, of the nation or the country or the, the city. And, and then uh, basically he, he hears, follow the rules or, or we'll put you to sleep. <laughs> He's like, what? He, liked it. he was happy following the rules, but did he say put, put me to sleep? He's starting to notice there's contradictions. And some of us, we all have noticed the contradictions in this world. There's many seeming contradictions. They're not real contradictions because all of them are, all the images are the same. But as, as long as we're making distinctions between the images, we're judging them. And we're saying it should go this way. And everyone has, seems to have a different opinion. How's that? 7.8 billion people all seeming to have different opinions of what's right and what's true. And that's all just a projection of the ego belief that separation from God is real. 
So all of those people seemingly to be in disagreement are just because of the belief in the ego. But when we forgive, when we let the Holy Spirit lift the filter, suddenly everything looks brand new. Everything looks sparkly and new because without judgment, all things are equally acceptable. That's a beautiful line from Jesus in the Course. Without judgment, all things are equally acceptable. It's another version of all things work together for good. There are no exceptions except in the ego's judgment. It's another version of let all things be exactly as they are. Can you feel the thread of truth through those statements? That's just allowing yourself to not judge anything. Say, I give up. All right, I, I tried to judge. I tried it on my own. It didn't go well. Let's just chalk that up as a, as a failed, illusory experiment in judgment. And now I am done. I am done judging anything. In fact, if you want to guide me, then you use what I still believe in, in terms of judgment, you use to unwind me from even the little scraps of judgment that remain in my mind. Purify my mind. Purify my heart. So here we go. Cute little Emmett is trying to be happy in an insane world. And he's trying to be happy by following the rules. And he's very concerned if anyone does not follow the rules because he's been trained to be suspicious of anyone who doesn't follow the rules. So this is the piece of resistance. Now, I have to give the context, because if you lose the, lose the bigger picture here, it could get kind of confusing. At the beginning, we saw President Business, or Lord Business, say, I now have the Kregel, and nothing can stop my evil powers. Now I can rule forever with my evil powers. And Vitruvius, who's kind of a voice of... Um, Morgan Freeman, he always plays these spiritual things, says, no, no, as he's laying there, he comes back and he goes, there's a prophecy of this little, little yellow figure, little character that's going to come and he's going to bring salvation because he's going to discover the peace of resistance. So Lord Business is happy, happy because Basically, he feels like he can rule over it. And this is pretty much how the ego feels. It made a world of time and space very ingeniously. And it's so complex and it's so complicated that the ego is quite confident and sure that the, nobody will, the mind will never escape from this world. It's, it's really confident. It thinks, damn, I'm just a tiny mad idea, but I did a great job of a cloaking device. I made a cloaking device that makes the ones in Star Trek look like nothing. I made a whole cosmos as a cloaking device and the mind will never ever discover it. And he's basically rejoicing that he now has all power and glory because he will, his evil powers will rule and control the world forever. And then Vitruvius, who's dressed in white, you know, his eyes light up and he says, no, there's a prophecy. Lord Business is out. What's all this hippy, dippy, dippy stuff? You know, 
he's not even impressed with the prophecy, but he's basically been told there, there is one that will come along who will discover the peace of resistance. And the peace of resistance has been buried and hidden. So what we've just seen is he's trying to go along with the crowd. They're all with their sausages, going to eat their dinners with their special people after work, you know, and go to the bars and do other things that people do to feel good about separation. But he wanders over and he sees something fishy going on. He's going to report it, but then he's enamored by this female character and she rushes off when she sees his face and basically he trips and falls and goes down a deep cavern and now he's about to discover the piece of resistance. Now, Lord Business uh, is concerned about this because Lord Business seems to be afraid if the craggle represents power and control and for some reason Vitruvius has prophesied that if the piece of resistance is ever united with the Kregel, uh, and we will later find out that Kregel is short for crazy glue, <laughs> stuck, sticky control, and, and, and the piece of resistance we will find out later is the lid, putting the lid back on the crazy glue. When you bring these two pieces together, it's really what Jesus is talking about with dissociation. Jesus is saying, there's a psychological principle, Helen Schuckman knew it very well, being a research psychologist, dissociation is the attempt to maintain two irreconcilable thought systems and keep them both. So in other words, dissociation is the attempt to hold on to love and fear both in your mind and give both equal reality. When actually the Bible said perfect love cast out fear. So love and fear, actually, if you bring them together, the fear disappears and only love remains. But through dissociation, which is a psychological term, but dissociation is to try to keep the love and the fear, the two irreconcilable thought systems apart, and that's the definition of a split mind. Has anybody ever heard of Multiple personality disorder. Sybil is an example. That's dissociative identity disorder. Dissociative identity disorder. Dissociating yourself away from the Christ and towards the personhood. So you try to maintain two thought systems, one of the Christ, pure love, and one of the ego. And, and that's a split mind. That's what schizophrenia is. That's what all psychosis is. The problem of the world is not world hunger. It has nothing to do with the ozone layer. It has nothing to do with nuclear arms. It has nothing to do with countries getting along. It has nothing to do with people getting along. It's a split mind. It's trying to believe two irreconcilable thought systems, one of love and one of fear, and that is the authority problem. Because Jesus is saying God is only love, and who you are is only love. But if you try to inject or induce fear and to maintain that there's a reality to fear, then you have dissociated disorder. You've dissociated your Christ identity, and now you believe in a personal identity. Now, in the movie here, the craggle is 
representative of power and control, and the piece of resistance is the cap that, that basically shows that no, all power is of God, and only love is powerful. That means nuclear uh, power plants are not powerful, electricity is not powerful, governments are not powerful, armies, military is not powerful, Hercules, not powerful. Arnold Schwarzenegger, no, not powerful. That there is no power in this world because this world was made up from the misuse of the power of the mind. To take a powerful mind and believe in the ego is a misuse of God-given power and then it distorts it into a projection of powerful men, powerful women, powerful countries. You know, they say, oh, China, Russia, United States, powerful countries. No, no. There is no power in the projection. The power is in the mind, and the projection is just an attempt to miscreate or misuse the power of the mind. So that's where the distinction comes in. The filter is the problem. The filter of believing in separation and giving the mind over to that filter is the problem. Thank you for listening to this edition of Awakening to True Happiness with modern-day mystic David Hoffmeister. You can access more of David's teachings by visiting his website at davidhoffmeister.com. Tune in to David again next week on Evolutionary Voices for the Quantum Age, heard Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network.